AJ Jones, my love, my dove, my fair one, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you lie. For you have been on a colon cleanse, and I declare you cannot be good while doing what you have been doing. Well, I've been, yes, I've been on the cleanse now for seven days, I guess. And, but for the last three days, I've been doing the just water and apple juice and drinking the sludge for the cleanse thing. Yeah, it's probably worth letting our listeners know that the sludge is a pretty accurate description. It looks like chewy dr- sand, Drano or Mr. Muscle, you know, the stuff you pour down the sink and then it expands and pulls off the grime. That's effectively what it's doing to your innards. Yep. Cleans out your intestines and your colon. Yeah, baby. And then once you finish <laughs> this insanity, then what happens? Um, well, then I have uh, another 21 days. Well, I have like four days of break. Um, and then I have another 21 days of cleansing all the other organs. Mm. And uh, since you've posted this on Facebook and or Twitter and or Instagram, yeah, you've had lots of people asking you, which one mm. are you doing and can I do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where did you get this? I got it from blessedherbs.com. And if you're a European listener, herbs has a huh at the front of it. So it's blessed herbs. It's so funny that I said herbs instead. I must be acclimatizing to my new environment. You must be acclimating to your new environment. Well, whatever. Right, I'm, I'm doing one of those things. <laughs> now, do anybody get any discounts off them because mm-hmm. they know you? Yes, if they email me, I can send them a coupon for a discount. So if you it's would like, like to pay money off. and pay slightly less money mm-hmm. to make yourself do things that your body really shouldn't do, then see AJ. Babe, it's not things that your body shouldn't do. It's good to detoxify your body. We traveled if, like crazy. If you're feeling brave, go to theblessedherbs.com and search for the photo testimonials. Now, <laughs> I don't want to make this an R-rated podcast, but you have it's been warned. It's not revolting. pretty. Yeah. Try and tell me your body's supposed to do that. Well, do you want that in your body? That's the real question. Or would you rather have it out? But I have to say, actually, the last three days has been, uh, it hasn't been hard, except that I have for seven out of nine meals watched people eating some of my favorite food and sat there and drank water. That was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. And then the other two, I got to make food for the kids and for you. So that's not my favorite part, but it's actually, I'm feeling really good. Well, I'm sorry that I put you through that. Especially <laughs> when I had steak tacos today at G. Alexander's. Yeah, and you guys had guacamole to start. It was horrible. Well, don't worry, babe. Only in 28 days, you too will be able to have guacamole. I can start eating again on Sunday. I think I misunderstood. Yeah. Um. Speaking of food, we said last week we were going to try and eat somewhere new. We had the luxury of doing that this week when we met our dear friends Mason and Emily up in Germantown. And by we, he means him, because of course I watched <laughs> and, <laughs> and actually, drank water. Mason was fasting too. So <laughs> me and Emily had some really nice food at the Mad Platzer. Mm-hmm. Apparently it's the oldest restaurant in Germantown. I'm not sure that's true. I'm sure Nashvilleians will email me to correct me, but it was uh, pretty good. I had a chicken salad. I must be turning into a southerner because... If there's pimento cheese on the menu, or if there is chicken salad on the menu, that's going straight in my gullet. You could probably get deliverance for that. I don't want deliverance from that. Hmm. I'm going to keep the pimento demon. Emily had crab cakes, and they smelled astronomical. Well. If you can decide by the smell, which I feel you can, they seemed excellent. All right. I wanted to talk this week. We talked last week a little bit about marriage. This week, I wanted to talk about a completely different topic. I wanted to talk about dreams. Sounds good. 
And I don't mean your hopes and your dreams and your aspirations. Ah. I wanted to talk about <laughs> dreams because despite the fact that the Bible is littered with people having dreams and God speaking through dreams somehow in my upbringing or by osmosis or by the church culture I was in, we stopped believing that God spoke through dreams. And uh, I remember reading a book. I think it was Dr. Jack Deere's Surprised by the Voice of God, which is a superb book. If you've never read it, I can't encourage it highly enough to you. But in there, he started talking about uh, God speaking through dreams, and I'm like, ah, I was kind of skeptical until I had a dream. And I remember this dream really well because it caught my attention, but I had a dream that I was in Belgium, and at the time I lived in Scotland. But I had a dream I was in Belgium, and I was getting out of a train, and uh, as I departed the train station, I had to climb a large set of stairs, and at the top of the stairs were two young men uh, who were handing out leaflets, and they came over and uh, handed me one. And the leaflet was all written in French, and I tried to understand it, couldn't understand any of it. So I'm trying to use all my schoolboy French to kind of understand it, like mercredi. Is mercredi, is that Wednesday? Like, what is this? And so these two young men, they come back to me and they said, do you understand what you're reading? And I'm like, no, I don't. And so they explained to me, and then they said, can we pray for you? And I said, yes, you can. And as they prayed for me, what I would describe now, but I didn't know then, was the power of God hit me. Everything went white, and I woke right up. And I thought that was the strangest dream ever. So I got up, and I, for some odd reason, I wrote down my journal. I wasn't into recording my dreams or anything at that point. I just wrote it down. I don't know if it was a couple of weeks or a couple of months I should dig out my old journals. I happened to be in Belgium. I was visiting a friend from university. And uh, I was on a train, and I got off the train at the train station. And I walked up a flight of steps to get to street level. And at the top of the steps, there was two young men, and they handed me a sheet of paper. And the sheet of paper was uh, all in French. And so with my best schoolboy French, I'm trying to translate it into English. I don't really understand what it says. And they said, sir, do you understand what you're reading? And I said, I don't. And they said, well, we're from a church in Florida. We're from a, a, a church in Brownsville. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that a place, Brownsville? Brown, no, Brownsville was the name of the church. in uh, Pensacola. In Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're from the Brownsville Revival, a church in Pensacola. And we're here telling people about Jesus. Could we pray for you? And I hadn't put two and two together. I just said, yes, I'd love you to. And as they prayed for me, I fell onto the floor in the middle of Belgium. And I had, I had a real experience with God. And when I... Uh, realized what just happened, I kind of squealed with delight and they looked at me like, what is going on? And I pull out my journal and I read to them the dream that I'd had weeks or months before. And of course, they were as ecstatic as I was. And that, I think, was the first dream for me where I was like, okay, God, I'm going to start paying attention to my dreams because clearly you're speaking to me. And I remember a couple of months later, I had another dream similar to that. But when I met you, I, th- I don't know if you taught on the school and I heard you, but somehow I heard about uh, when God started speaking to you through dreams. And I'm, I want you to tell everybody the dream about when you worked for uh, in your old job. For National? Yeah. Um, well, okay, so I had, by this, by the time I was working for National, I already knew that I heard from the Lord through dreams. I knew that that was a normal way for me to hear from him. How did you know that? You just had experience? I had I had probably about 20 dreams 
that I could look back at and know that I would dream something and within a few days it would happen. So I knew how I felt waking up from those dreams. I knew when they were that kind of dream. So you weren't a novice like I was? Um, Well, not not the dreams that you're asking me to tell, not when it got to doing the national. So I was working for National Car Rental and um, with the first dream, I was, what I did for National at this particular time was I was traveling from department to department and I was learning to oversee different departments because they were training me for like city management. And so I was in the licensee department at the time. And the reason, the only reason that's important is I was sharing a space with the executive secretary. And so, um, I'm trying to remember the order everything happened in. So I'm, um, our fate, we, when we sat at our desks, we faced each other. So I, one night it was a Thursday night. I had a dream and in the dream, our current president, who was a guy named Todd, um, in, in the dream, he moves to Minneapolis. He takes over a car, a car company called car temps USA, which I wasn't sure even existed. Um, and, we get a new president who comes from Florida and that new president has two blonde sons. Um, and that's all I know in the dream. And then there's right. three managers that leave. And so I go in on the Friday morning and I'm sitting across from Darlene who is the executive secretary. And I said to her, Hey, do you know if Todd's planning on leaving? And she said, um, no, why? And I said, Oh, I just had a dream and it's just the kind of dream that, feels like it's probably going to happen. And she said, oh, well, you know, what did you dream? And I said, oh, I dreamt that, you know, he moved to Minneapolis, took over Cartems USA. We got a new president from Florida. And uh, he was a dark-haired guy, and he has two blonde sons. And she's like, oh, so strange. And I'm like, yeah. And then there was like three managers that left and whatever. So um, she, I mean, I had been trying to talk to her about the Lord and she was really kind of shut down to chatting with me about anything. Um, I mean, she was very, very sweet, but she didn't want to talk about God. And uh, so anyway, so she was like, oh, weird. And I was like, yeah. So Monday morning I come in and I sit down at my desk and she's looking at me like a deer in headlights. Like she's like been shocked by something. So I looked at her and said, Darlene, are you okay? And she said, Todd's leaving. He's moving to Minneapolis. He's taking over Car Temps USA, which apparently is an actual company. Oh, my gosh. And... She said, we have a new president. He's coming from Florida. His name is Paul. And I said, does he have two blonde sons? And she goes, no, I asked. He has three dark-haired daughters. And I was like, okay, thinking, wow, you asked. Okay, that's kind of cool. And she goes, who are the three managers that are leaving? And I said, no, I'm not I'm not doing that. But I said, what I will do, Darlene, is I will write them down. I'll write down the order that they leave in and... um it, and I'll put it in an envelope. And you and I will both sign this envelope so we know it's the only envelope that looks like that. And I'm going to stick it in my drawer. If those managers leave in that order, then we'll we'll open it uh, on one condition. She's like, what? And I said that you will go out to lunch with me and you will let me tell you about why I know God is you know real, why Jesus is right. awesome. So she was like, that's fine. Anyway, Wednesday comes along. And on Wednesday, um, Paul, the new president, comes up to you know, see what he's taking over because they move really fast. Right, and meet staff and stuff like that. Yeah. 
And uh, so he comes up and, and so the front desk calls and says, he's coming, he's going to be coming down the hallway. And so we're, you know, we all get ready and he's with his wife and his three daughters. And as he comes around the corner and starts walking down the hallway, there he is, wife, three daughters and his two blonde sons that he's just adopted from Romania. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So poor Darlene, upon meeting him, shakes his hand, doesn't even say her own name and says, you have two blonde sons. <laughs> So I felt kind of bad for her. That's ridiculous. (laughs) But anyway, so uh, the three managers did ultimately leave within a couple of months and um, in the right order. And so uh, we opened the envelope and she went out for lunch with me and she said, well, AJ, I would have sworn that there's no God, but clearly you hear from him, so he must exist. And so that was pretty cool. Man, that's so crazy. Like most of the dreams I know that people have, are not as clear as that. And to be fair, most of the dreams I have are nowhere near as clear as the dream you just told or the the dream I told about being in Belgium. Most of my dreams are symbolic, you know, as in most people's dreams are, I think. And certainly if you look in scripture, the majority of the dreams are, are all symbolic. Do you ever have symbolic dreams or are they all as crystal clear as that? I don't often have symbolic dreams. I have had a couple and I'm not very good at interpreting them. So I think maybe God gives me straightforward literal dreams because he knows I can't be bothered with interpretation. That's terrible. (laughs) That's ridiculous. But I mean, with that dream that I told you, the the cool thing about that was actually a couple months down the road. Remember the dream that I had a couple months down the road? That's right. And um, I had a dream about Paul uh, a few months down the road. Paul was um, Jewish. His family was Jewish and they're lovely. And of course, uh, Darlene was atheist. And uh, anyway, I had this dream one night. An atheist who now admits that God must, God must exist. be real. Yeah. Right. So she's not yeah. a very good atheist. <laughs> yes. She's she's a wavering, okay. backsliding atheist. She's a backsliding um, <laughs> atheist. Yes, Lord. More so, of those. <laughs> so I'm working in a different department at this point. I have a dream that Paul is um, out with the senior you know, the senior team of the, you know, like the VPs and all that kind of stuff. I have a dream that he's out with them and he has a massive heart attack and he falls to the floor. And later in the dream, I walk into a hospital room and his wife is there. And I say to the hospital to, to, sorry, to his wife, I walk in and I say to his wife, um, you know, I know in the dream that they've advised some sort of radical surgery and they've said he's never going to come out of this or something. And in the dream, I say, don't do it. He'll be awake tomorrow and he'll be better than he ever was. And then I wake up. So when I woke up, I wrote the whole dream down in like on a word thing at at uh, work. It's because you didn't know me yet and you were still using Microsoft I products. I know, I know. It was a sad, sad day. Okay. But I, I've Continue. since repented. We digress. I'm sorry. So I just, you know, soared away and I sent Darlene a, a email and I just said, hey, um, if because I, I didn't want to freak her out. So I said, if anything happens to any of the senior management team, could you just let me know? And she emailed right back and said, have you had another dream? My gosh. So, so I emailed back and said, I have, but I'm not going to send it to you unless something happens. Right. Well, two days later, Paul falls down at the Detroit Auto Show with all of our senior uh, team there and um, has a massive heart attack. They take him to the hospital. He's not conscious. They f- the wife flies in and... Um, so she's getting all this information, and she sends it to me, and she says, Paul's had a massive... Wait a minute, who's she? Darlene. Oh, the secretary. D- yeah, the atheist secretary. So me, she emails me, and she says, Paul's had a massive heart attack. Is that what you dreamed? I said, it is. 
I'm going to send you the, the email. So here now we have an atheist woman who calls the Jewish wife to say, okay, here's the background. She knew you guys were coming. She explains the whole previous dream, says I'm a Christian. She knows that I hear from the Lord and that I've had this dream. And she reads it to her. And, you know, of course, it's, you know, I dated it and everything. And, and she says, you know, they're going to advise you to do radical surgery in the dream. She says, don't do it. He'll wake up in the morning and he'll be better than he ever was. And um, she says, the wife says, well, they have advised some sort of radical surgery. And so the wife, based on an atheist repeating a Christian's dream, decides not to do the surgery. She says, I will wait till morning then. And she waits till morning and Paul comes out of, um, I don't know if it was a coma or he becomes conscious again. And uh, within a few months, he really was healthier than he had ever been. But he was pretty freaked out by me. Oh, I'm sure. Because of the whole... (laughs) I'm yeah. sure. Did anybody ever say, hey, here's some NyQuil. Please get me the lottery numbers for this week. <laughs> well, I used to joke around with people when they'd say, hey, could you give me a prophetic word? And I'm like, do I have time for a nap? Yeah, because you dream. Yeah, because I'm a dreamer. What did, uh, So one of the best people that uh, I would say has got some of the greatest teaching out there on understanding dreams is John Paul Jackson. Mm-hmm. And we had the pleasure and the privilege of having John Paul up in Toronto uh, many times. But one time he came in and did a weekend on dreams and uh, we were having lunch and you got to ask him about your dreams. And I loved his answer. It was so matter of fact, yet left us with more questions. Yeah. But you asked him, what did I, you ask him? You asked him about your dreams. I, I told him a couple of my dreams. Like I explained what they're like and that I, there is also another dream that I have and I've had it recurringly where I'm just, I'm in the dark um, and I'm just having a conversation with God. I'm asking questions. He's audibly answering questions. Right. And These are repeating dreams. So they're they're I, different content, but different content. But I've had I've had same. this occurrence several times where I can right. ask whatever, and he tells me dates and stuff like that. And so um, I explained those, and I explained the other dreams, and he said, "You're not having dreams; you're having visitations of the night." So we were like, "Oh, okay," which didn't help me much because right. I was do like, you "What does that milk mean?" And cookies? I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what you do. <laughs> visitations of the night. Yeah, yeah. I'd say John Paul um, and our dear friend James Gall. And our dear friend Sarah Jackson in Toronto yeah. have got some of the best teaching that we've heard. Sarah hasn't written a book. John Paul's written many. James has written a wonderful book. I think it's called Understanding Dreams and Visions. Uh, I'll post the is, notes actually. in the in the show notes. But I think one of the greatest joys for me is hearing from the Lord in dreams, in part because you really can't bring in much interference. Like if I'm praying for you or I'm prophesying over you or I have a vision, I've got some element uh, of my own contribution I can make. Well, when you're asleep, you're asleep. I, You know, mm-hmm. everybody's wish that they could control mm-hmm. their dreams. So I really love the dreams. Well, that verse in Proverbs says, uh, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search a matter out. And I love that verse because part of the thing is that God loves to wrap things up in, dri- in riddles and symbolism. and Yeah, and so, so we I have love, to go back to him to right, get the answers. Yeah. I love waking up with a dream that I know is significant, but I don't know what it means. And then I love getting to ponder it with God, you know, go for coffee <laughs> and sit and say, you know, Lord, would you give me the interpretation of this? And then run it by people who are more skilled at dream interpretation than I. And we've, I mean, we moved to Nashville, I would say, on the strength of a, I mean, it wasn't just one dream, but the th- you already knew we were moving to Nashville because of the prophet that you are. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. <laughs> I was just like, Lord, give me a word. And I had probably the most significant dream I would say I've ever had in my life in Iceland, mm-hmm. which 
which, you know, kickstarted the whole process. So I love dreams, and I'm only sorry that it took me so long to realize that God still speaks through dreams. Uh, if you go to the show notes for this week's show, I will post links and resources to uh, books and uh, teaching resources that will help you if you want a journey uh, in understanding your dreams. I wonder, AJ, if you would uh, pray for everybody who's listening for uh, an impartation of dreams. You just activate your faith and just say, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, Father, I just thank you for uh, every single person that's listening. And, Lord, I ask that you would reawaken our hearts and minds to dream with you like never before. Lord, I ask that you would um, just speak to us in the night. And, Father, I impart the gift of being able to dream and and, uh, connect with you in that way. Lord, I ask that you would invade our thoughts and minds and you'd give people really great rest while giving them really awesome revelation in Jesus' name. And also, Father, for the people who had dreams as kids but it freaked them out so they shut it down, Mm -hmm. I just ask that you would uh, stir up gently that gift that you gave them. Mm -hmm. And that for those of us who do dream, Lord, you would increase our dream life, that you would... Uh, increase the revelation that we get at night. And you would minister to our souls. You'd come and speak to us and give us understanding and give us revelation about dreams. Yeah. That's an interesting point, actually, Alan, because I've always been a dreamer. But I used to have night terrors and nightmares, like really, really vivid that seemed totally real kind of night terrors. And it put me off dreaming for years and years and years. Like I was just terrified to dream. Right. So I think sometimes that kind of uh, activity um, can be a good indication that actually God wants to speak to you through dreams and, and, and the enemy just tries to shut you down in that area. So it's a great thing also if you've decided not to dream, to just repent of any way you've taken control of your own ability to dream or, right. you know what I mean? And just and sort of go, okay, to... Lord, I'm going to trust you again. Yeah. You know, and But I, I, for years, would put my hand on my own forehead and pray over myself when I go to bed and say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you, and I'm only going to dream your dreams and your thoughts, and I, you know, reject any other access and whatever. And so, um, just a thought for those of you that have been um, freaked out by dreaming before. Very good. If you have any questions you want to ask us about the topic of dreams, or if there's any questions you'd like us to discuss as a topic on the podcast, go to alanandaj.com/ask, and uh, you can give us your thoughts uh, right there. This week coming up, we have got the More Conference. It kicks off on May 23rd. Whoop, whoop, on the Friday. On the Friday of the Mm -hmm. Memorial Day weekend, runs all the way through to the Monday. And uh, we'd love you to come if you're in the Nashville area. Go to musthavemore.com to get information about that. Chris McClorney and Luke Finch are leading worship. AJ and I are going to be teaching, along with our dear friend uh, Dave Campbell, all the way from England, on the Monday afternoon. Uh, which would be the Monday 26th. I think I'm just making up those dates. Let me just check. No, I think that's right. Yeah, on the, yeah, Monday 26th, I was right. We are having an open to everyone uh, Memorial Day picnic in the park. So Grace Center sits on uh, some really nice lush grass that will be sprayed for ticks, do not fear. And we've invited some great uh, food trucks from around Nashville to come and serve you food, including Jenny's ice cream, whoop, whoop. which is going to be amazing. That <laughs> is a free event. Of course, you will need to buy your own food from the uh, food trucks, but there's no charge to come to the picnic. We'd love you to come. And the final session of the conference, which is held Monday night, is also a free session open to everybody. So if you're in the area or perhaps you've been away for Memorial Day weekend, but you get back here on the Monday, come join us at 3 o'clock 
for the picnic and then uh, stay for the evening service and we know you're going to have an amazing time. Yeah, I mean, even if you're just looking for something to do on Memorial Day weekend, because lots of people go someplace else. Right. If Nashville's close enough to be that someplace else and you're interested, come on out. We'd love to have you. Yeah, we'd love to have you. All right, well, that's all for this week. We will see you next week. We pray you have an amazing week full of dreams, full of encounters with God, and full of goodness.